helping businesses grow and you absolutely have to market to grow your business. Chat and Grow. I'm here with Abby Reno and Ryan Nordland from City Vineyard. I am so excited to have you guys here. Thank you for coming. Thank you for having us. Yeah, yeah. So um, uh, Chat and Grow is something where we like to share marketing tips. Um, I'm Tiffany Youngren with OMH Agency, and so uh, we help people with their marketing, but I also am just really passionate about empowering uh, business owners to get out there and do it, whether they hire someone or do it in-house. Um, there's just a lot, I think, that we can share with each other. I think it's an extra special treat when we have business owners who um, I have so much respect for what Ryan and Abby are doing and what they've done and um, how they've gotten to where they're at. And um, P.S. I love City Vineyard, so that doesn't <laughs> hurt either. So um, just a little bit about Ryan and Abby. Um, Abigail Reno um, was born and raised in Billings, Montana, and she graduated from the University of Montana School of Business in 2005 with a degree in business administration. After graduation, she accepted a position with Nordstrom in San Francisco, California. Very nice. And I love Nordstrom, too, so um, <laughs> you have very good taste. Uh, Reno returned to Bill, um, well, Abby, uh, returned to Billings in 2006 to oversee retail operations and strategy for City Brew Coffee, which we're all sitting here with my cups. I think I forgot my cup in the other room, but um, and uh, helped open 15 locations through 2016. Uh, she now owns her own business, City Vineyard Wine, and continues to consult for City Brew Coffee. During her tenure with City Brew, uh, she was responsible for over 400 employees in addition to directing operations. Uh, she developed key technology integration, marketing, and growth strategy initiatives. Now, Ryan, you grew up in Billings as well. And uh, he got his undergrad at Gonzaga in Spokane, Washington. He then went to law school at U the University of Montana in Missoula and went on to spend 11 years as a deputy county attorney. That's a little bit of an unusual route from <laughs> deputy county attorney to, now you're a beer right. guy, right? Like we exactly. have City Vineyard <laughs> wine, but it's it's got beer. That's for <laughs> sure. Oh, so yeah. anyway, so, so deputy county attorney and then... And then now where you're at, which is so awesome. Um, when the opportunity presented itself, he jumped at it to get involved with his wife and uh, the family's business. He and his wife, Abby, are co-owners of City Vineyard, and uh, he wears many hats. He helps with human resources, leasing, all the technology aspects of the business, and is a hands-on member of the company. He also handles more of the high-end clients and brings in hard-to-get wines into the store, which I hear great things about. I, I know that there are things you guys have that it's just really difficult to find. So, that, so well done, Ryan. <laughs> um, he is responsible for keeping the wheels turning and the business growing. They have, okay, I'm so excited about this. I know it feels like this is like the longest intro I think I've ever done, but I'm like, I'm going to say this last part because I'm really excited. I read it and I'm like, whoa, this is so exciting. Um, they've grown Sydney Vineyard and since moved to its new, much larger location on, uh, in Billings. And the new layout focuses on uh, growth of a gourmet market. They have a beautiful market and wine bar uh, while maintaining the extensive wine selection. City Vineyard became known that it became known for. Um, City Vineyard is now in the planning phase for location number two in Bozeman. Yes. Yay. <laughs> this location will have much of the same layout plans with more emphasis on the wine bar. 
and it infrastructure starts this year. Yes, we're That's super so excited. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Okay, awesome. So there you go. You'll be tested on that later. <laughs> so, um, awesome. Well, again, thank you so much. And we have the rest of our team here too. We've got Alex Youngren who's doing our sound. You've met Alex. Yes. And then mm-hmm. Taylor's in the background. So um, if you're watching us live right now, please be getting your questions ready, and you can either post them on the uh, as a comment on our chat and grow page where we're live on Facebook. Or you can, if you're on Zoom and joining us there, be sure to uh, post your questions in chat. Taylor, uh, he, with with here with OMH Agency, she's fielding those questions and she'll be sending them in to us. However, at the beginning, I always um, I always say hog time. Like I, I just want to like I get you all to myself for a little bit, and then later on, and um, we'll start fielding questions. But. Anyway, well, thank you for coming. I, I, I always start with, like, tell me a little bit about yourself. I mean, I, it feels a little bit like everybody knows, but why don't you guys just do, just kind of share a little bit about yourselves, your mm-hmm. your passion, your heart for um, not only what you're doing, but I know you have done some speaking, too, about mm-hmm. small business owners, so it seems like you've got a lot of that passion in you. So yeah. just kind of share a little bit about yourselves. Yeah. Um, I'll go first, because I always do. Sorry, <laughs> Um But... Uh, you know, I grew up in an entrepreneurial home. My mother was the founder of Video Library way back in the 70s. Mm-hmm. VHS, you know, movie rental, that was a fun first job. Then she also started City Brew Coffee and City Vineyard. So I kind of grew up in a house where um, you work hard and, like, that's just your life. Mm-hmm. And so um, when I had the opportunity after college to come back and help with the family business, that was super fun for me. But um you know, and then we met uh, after we both moved back um, to Billings after um, he obviously we went. He was in law school when I was an undergrad at U of M at the same time and we never crossed paths. So um, it took a friend's barbecue to get <laughs> us to cross paths, um, you know, fast forward five years after that. But um, yeah, we have a fur baby and we love skiing and love getting outside when we can. And um, I think just we love growing uh, the business. And right now, obviously, with one store, it's um it's challenging for sure just because you don't have the resources like a bigger corporation like what I was used to. Um, and obviously, he used to do law full time. So um, it's really different from what our old jobs were, but there's lots that you can learn and integrate into your new business. So I'll let him take over. Yeah, and I'd say, you know, coming out of the legal background, I basically, you know, um, got into law school on my, um, you know, expertise with writing, reading, that kind of thing. Um, I originally went to school for journalism and English, um, but, you know, the opportunity to go to law school at that time was a little bit better, um, more secure future than journalism, actually. Sure. <laughs> um, so I still have a passion, you know, for that. But um, having fast forward the opportunity to, to do this um, was just really appealing. Um, it was really fun to I was it was fun to watch what Abby did with City Brew, mm. you know, firsthand um, the growth that they did. I think they more than double in size just the time that I was with her. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was really exciting. And now to have the opportunity to do this in something that we're both passionate about. I mean, you know, retail for sure for Abby, but for me, you know, beer. I'm yeah. <laughs> passionate about beer from the start. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, to be able to do something and grow and it's rewarding to see people um, get excited about what we're doing. The <clears throat> beer segment has grown a lot, craft beer okay. especially, mm-hmm. um, and we're on the forefront of that. So mm-hmm. people thank us all the time for 
being a place that can come to find great beer, you know, so that's exciting to me. Um, but yeah, it's going to be fun to see what we can do. Mm-hmm. That's good. Well, a couple things when I watch you guys that I think, um, one, I think it's so cool because you're so like going and like, you know, drive, 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 drive. And you're so like, and tell me if I'm, I could be totally reading you both really wrong. <laughs> so just shout. But, um, and then you just, I, I picture because you have the law background and the writing, you're able to pay attention. Like I, I can relate to kind of that <laughs> kind of thing, and but I have a hard time like okay slow and and you really do pay attention to details too. So that's not to say that you don't. But for me, it's a lot of work to mm-hmm. stop and go. Okay, mm-hmm. now I have to pay attention. Whereas for you, it's probably like I like that part, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So I think it's what a great um, dynamic mm-hmm. to be able to work together and see it come to fruition, getting to use your own natural gifts, yeah. you know. Yeah, so, absolutely. Is that true? No? Oh no, absolutely. <laughs> Like I said, he's the one that keeps the wheels on, you know. Um, he makes sure um, everything gets done. And, I mean, I just, yeah, I, I, yeah, and I get to be, like, up excited and on the floor and, like, engaging with my customers and staff. So um, he's more, like I said, making sure the wheels stay on in the background. And, um, and I can't spell, and I'm not a good writer, so I married somebody who can spell and is a really good writer. Um, so, again, it's those little details he just is really good at. Oh, very good. That's awesome. Well, um, let's see here. And is there anything that you wanted to add about your business? I know we shared a lot of, at the beginning, but is there anything else that you feel you want to just kind of share about the size and the growth and the like where you uh, started and, and where you see it going? Yeah, you know, I think that uh, being in Billings, so people in Billings probably, you know, this is old news for them, but um, people who are new to us at City Vineyard don't realize, you know, the business actually opened in December of 2000. Mm. So it's a very mature business on paper. Um, you know, that first store was 1,600 square feet, and it was in an old kind of, it was in an old video library space that we had moved that video library and had the space, and we're like, hey, let's open a wine store. Or, I, I was too young, but my mother obviously thought that. So um, in 2005, fast forward to 2005, we doubled in size, um, added a lot more SKUs for wine and had a tasting lounge. And then in, you know, 2015, um, you know, we were, well, Becky was, and I was obviously in those strap meetings, um, presented with moving the store again mm-hmm. and doubling in size again. And at that time she, you know, visited with us and just said, you know, I'm getting older and this is not a business concept that I have the energy to grow. And so she said, um, but, you know, I'm going to sell it. So do you guys want to purchase it or should I go out and find a buyer for it? And, um, you know, we really liked the new location. Steve Corning is our landlord. And obviously we've worked with him on tons of projects with City Brand Video Library. And we just said, you know, um, let's take the plunge. Let's not make money for a couple years <laughs> and let's grow this. And we really saw the potential in the industry. So um, we just stuck our necks out there and. Um, you know, at that point, we, you know, the business that it was in 2015 when we decided to purchase it was not the business that we were going to grow. Mm-hmm. So we had to really just tear it down. What do we need to do to make this business better? And what do we need to do to make it scalable? Mm-hmm. Um, because obviously, uh, I can't just do one store. I think that is like inside. I don't know. It's been so weird just to have one store for as long as we've had one store. But so we really kind of um, changed up the product mix, the layout, um, and just our growth strategy 
well, putting a growth strategy in place moving forward because we wanted to grow it. Yes. So, um, yeah, now with Bozeman on the way and we've learned a lot from the store that we have and um, some hard learnings and expensive learnings that, you know, then you don't duplicate moving forward or hopefully. Right. right. <laughs> well, and it's a good testament to like start with one. Yeah. You know, yeah. kind of work, yeah. out the, work out the kinks and the bugs and everything. So, um, well, awesome. And um Okay, sorry, I got all distracted there, but um, I just was like, we're recording, right? <laughs> um, so um, I guess uh, one question that I had for you, the one thing that you said that I just want to share with everybody, like, because some businesses are like, well, one, why? I don't understand. Like, some people might not understand that whole concept that, well, one store isn't enough. Mm-hmm. It's just not in me. Like, um, how do you know that? Like, how do you know? Is Do you think it's because of your background that you, like, that was normal is that you just have a million city brews everywhere. <laughs> and, like, can you talk a little more yeah. about that? Expand on it. Well, you know, I with size. Um, in my old industry with city brew, you know, it was a grow or die mm-hmm. because the competitive intrusion and, and, and things like that. So we knew back with that company when we were putting together the growth strategy. Uh, you know, it was just, where do we need to go as kind of defense? Not necessarily offense, but obviously there's an offensive point of view and a defensive point of view. Um, to grow your brand and to, um, for us, it's a lot on the buying side. The more we buy, the more we get. Um, and then you, when you can buy better, you can pass along those savings to the consumer. And that's a real big differentiator. Mm-hmm. With one store, you know, you just really, you know, at the second store is when your economies of scale start hitting. Okay. Three stores, four stores, five stores. So really, um, it's to get the best product for the consumer that helps us differentiate ourselves from our competitors. And um, it helps spread out overhead and all those things. You can do a lot more when you have more stores and you can kind of spread spread that out. So, um, but we think City Vineyard is a great brand. We didn't want, you know, we did some redesign on the logo and things like that, but we, love, we still love the name and uh, we wish it it had beer and some other things in there, but um, we um, really <laughs> believe it. For the name of it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But <laughs> beer, wine, food, yeah. and by the way, have some food with your friends. Yeah, right, yeah. right. A fun place to be. Come, come yeah. into the wine bar, um, <laughs> which also has really good beer. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, so it's just you know the economies of scale really um, hit, and then obviously we want to be on the forefront um, in the industry, and I think that we have a really great opportunity in Montana to do that, and um, yeah, we just. It, it helps us be us, mm-hmm. I think, and set the forefront and get great products. So, yeah. So one thing, and we, we talked, uh, this comes up a lot with business owners, our systems and processes. Mm-hmm. And um, so when you, st- when you kind of stepped into City Vineyard, mm-hmm. were those in place or is that something you had to develop or are you feeling like, um, like when, before you did Bozeman, were you mm-hmm. like, there are a few more processes, like how, how are your processes and, and mm-hmm. where can you talk about yeah. <laughs> I want to say what was your process to get through your processes but how did you get there um yeah and I that was one thing I did with City Brew when I came on board there it was we had to tear like <laughs> systems systems make the world go around and we're still fine-tuning those systems today and there's a couple um initiatives this year that we're going to get done so that Bozeman can open and, and be better because um until you're in it you don't even know you know, there's like basic systems and then it's like, no, let's run like a fine-tuned machine. So um, we're still creating those systems. Again, I think a lot of it, um, when I came on board, was just really managing the inventory because our biggest challenge with budgeting is um, how much we're spending on inventory and making sure we have a good product mix across all of the different departments. So that was something where, you know, we just 
created, um, really started using data analytics and using some tools within Catapult and the systems that we had. And then we also worked with a um, gentleman who created an external system for us to better manage our um, inventory um, just so that we um, are utilizing our assets great because why bring on something that doesn't isn't going to sell and is it too high price point or too low or wrong varietal so there's a lot of but you've already spent that money then so once it's spent then you can't really now get the rights so now what so um, from an inventory perspective I think that was the biggest whale to take on but um you know even just daily opening duties daily closing duties making sure the store is maintenanced properly um, guest interaction we use um, we i believe firmly in secret shopping so we ha use a company that is based out of bozeman actually to secret shop so we make sure that all of our staff is hello and goodbye and has the right demeanor so um, <laughs> um so yeah so i you know the systems are important and um and we're still fine-tuning them and forever will you i mean you know, I remember when we had, you know, seven stores at City Brew and then when we had 20 stores, we were constantly fine-tuning those systems and learning things that we needed to be doing better. So um, really, you know, it was a one store and it wasn't grow it wasn't set up to scale, but like you said, those systems just you have to have them for consistency, mm -hmm. um, day to day, even store to store. Mm -hmm. Well, and even if you're talking about scaling, like you mm -hmm. said, you you know, on one hand you're like, oh, I can't just have one store, but you also can't be there like you can't right. be full-time at two stores right you know mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. i think systems in place is a good reason you know that's a huge like for me it's like the ultimate reason is um mm -hmm. you know being able to duplicate what you're doing mm -hmm. and things mm -hmm. like that so um and okay so i have questions that are, i think are more generic but i just want to ask you a little bit more about so i'm in love with like the eating place you yes know, so what do you call that Officially, what do you call we it? We just call it the bar. We call it the wine bar. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Or the lounge. But there's, I mean. there's just so much more to it. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's like, it's, oh, it's for sure. like the whole atmosphere is just super cool. And um, the food is it's so light. Mm -hmm. And so it's one of those, like, you don't have to, like, go and have this big meal. But it's so lovely. Like, all the food is well selected. Thank you. Similar to your wine. So, as far as size and things like that, mm -hmm. and this is complete, I almost feel like, sorry, everybody, I'm going to just be selfish. This is my <laughs> question. But um, are you feeling like that's what you're duplicating is kind of that um, percentage of space? Like, because the store is so beautiful, too. Mm -hmm. So, like, you go to the mm -hmm. store and it's it, you just feel like you're in this whole world of awesome and um i feel like i should have gotten I, i'm unprepared for this meeting i should have got my my prosecco then espresso in the morning. But, um, but you know are you is that kind of what you're thinking for bozeman is similar to what we see in billings yeah yes absolutely and and you know this was one thing where ryan and i you know when we were designing this store um we wish we had made the lounge slash bar a little bit bigger as far as the footprint, the percentage, because um, we do, you know, we allocated a little too much space to certain departments on the store side, but you don't know it until you're in it. Sure. So, so um, you see the eating area being a little bit It'll larger. be a little bit larger, yes, okay. and the store will Selfishly, be a little bit larger. Selfishly, that's what I want to do. Because <laughs> it, it is, it's like, people love it. Like, mm -hmm. it's, I have never been there, and it's not been packed. So yes. It's, it's Which really we should have awesome. done it bigger. Then. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not, not to criticize, that's a really good problem to have. Yeah. So, um, but as a, as a human that wants to go in there and eat, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm really glad that, that Bozeman will be able to enjoy a larger eating space. Yes, <laughs> so, yes they will. But it, it is lovely. So, well, let's let's talk a little mm -hmm. bit about um, some things maybe that, um, this is always, these are always harder questions because like you guys seem pretty open and stuff. Mm -hmm. So like if there are things where you're like, 
you know, you know how to not answer questions if you want to, but I'm going <laughs> to ask questions. Really yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so I'm going to, because I just feel like the more, like I'm pretty transparent. So mm-hmm. anyone who knows me, they know like this is the problems I'm having in my business and this is what I'm really excited about. Um, and so if you don't feel like that, that's great. But um, I ask questions as if everybody's like I am. So um, I'm going to just lay that out first. Yeah. So, so what do you think um, when you're, when you're looking at your business, what do you think are some of the biggest issues that you run into that first are the most difficult to tackle and second that you feel like, oh, we finally we finally nailed it? Like mm-hmm. we always have those issues where we're like, I've been struggling with this and we did it. Mm-hmm. But then there are these others that it's like we constantly are struggling with that. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things, I mean, it's it's the human capital, right? It's good people. Because mm-hmm. if you've got great people representing you and your brand every day, butterflies and rainbows. But um, it's just really, you know, maintaining um, staffing mm-hmm. and making sure you have the right people in the right places. Because sometimes... You know, we have had instances where it's like, this person's really great, but maybe they're over their skis a little bit. So let's scale back. Let's figure this out so that it's a win-win and it's a reciprocal relationship. So um, just really making sure we have the right people in the right place and um, that they represent us every day. And um, sometimes you hit and sometimes you miss. Mm-hmm. And we've been really fortunate. We've had great, great staff and um, just amazing people who are excited about the business as much as we are. But I would start with the people because it's all about people. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I think just being in the in that new location with the new design and um, new space, not really knowing what to expect and how to, you know, not having mm-hmm. a basis. We really mm-hmm. have, you know, we had years of data at an old location on a, you know, in a different space. It was hard to really plan ahead for, mm-hmm. you know, especially the, the big volume months like November, December yeah. and, you know, scrambling sometimes to, you know, there's certain, you don't know what pro- some products like a couple, couple glass pourers will just take off. All of a sudden, it's like we're cleaned out, and it's like <laughs> yeah. the most popular one. It's like, sorry, like, how could you be that, out? That yeah, will be here. <laughs> my favorite. That will be here next week, you know. <laughs> yeah. And it's like mm-hmm. things like that. So you know, going into the new, mm-hmm. you know, Bozeman in the next year, we'll have a lot better basis to um, yeah. plan ahead. Because you're so. kind of pioneering too, so mm-hmm. you're t- you know you can take only so much data with you, right? And then you mm-hmm. kind of were trying expanding on certain concepts and going, mm-hmm. okay, I wonder, in, in especially in the Billings area, it's like because new concepts here even mm-hmm. if they're amazing can completely die mm-hmm. yes and mm-hmm. I guess that that's true anywhere mm-hmm. um and then but or they can just like kill it you know right. and so I think you know, I'm glad that that's the way it went for you guys <laughs> yeah. but um okay so let me see here so how um any other before I move on any other issues or anything that you guys can think of that I think those two mm-hmm. honestly were the biggest especially um you can prepare as much as you can prepare and then you just have to let it hit you because yeah. it's just, um, yeah, November and December and people shop the store differently. Different products were moving or not moving because of the layout. And, and um, yeah, so it was just and you can be as proactive as possible, but sometimes you have to be reactive and just be on your toes. Like, well, it's learning. Like, totally. you know, I mean, mm-hmm. you do it and I don't care what business you're in. You're learning all the time. I mean, mm-hmm. especially like you look at beers and wines. I mean, even them, their own selves are mm-hmm. changing and mm-hmm. trends change. And so just keeping on your toes on a business side, but also in your craft, yes. you know, um, changing. And that was such a big change. So um, navigating that had to be. 
quite a challenge. So, um, so let's talk a little bit about marketing specifically. So, um, do you guys do your marketing in house? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I kind of know, <laughs> but so would you? I mean, um, yeah. And and this is just, I, I just feel like um, one of the questions we get a lot mm-hmm. is like, you know, how much do I do myself? And right. I know here we try to scale. So like. For free, we do podcasts, so like do it yourself. Mm-hmm. And then we have actual courses where people can come and attend, and mm-hmm. it costs a tiny bit of money. And then mm-hmm. we give them tools, and this is how you do it. So now go do it yourself. And then we have like, okay, here's you know, small, medium, on up to we're actually launching a um, on enterprise a social media uh, project. So it's like scalable. Mm-hmm. But I feel like as a business owner, it's always you know budget and how much is done in house versus you know, outside. Right. Can you talk a little bit about that and how you approach it? Mm-hmm. And I'm not judging. I feel bad. No. It's like so awkward because we do part of your marketing. Yes. yes. That's truth in advertising yes. here. But, um, but just truly, like I do, like you guys are so good at branding and you're so good at, um, like you have, like you've done a good job with that. So I think it's just really valuable information mm-hmm. for people to understand how, how you went about it. And I'll let Ryan talk a little bit more about that. Well, I guess, you know, even before we, um, partnered with you guys um we had started just um as you know as basic as we could just with social media Mm -hmm. you know instagram facebook the things that um are not too expensive but you get Mm -hmm. a pretty great return on at least we found so you know um generating buzz posting events you know just Mm -hmm. getting our brand out there getting our style um kind of getting getting a voice and and being really um one thing abby took from city brew is uh, a lot of knowledge from their marketing um that you just have to be consistent mm-hmm. and out there all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so daily, you know, mm-hmm. multi-daily posting mm-hmm. um, and getting that started. And then, you know, we went into a, we- a website redesign uh, with you guys. That you know, was a huge, we needed that just, um, yeah. going into the new location because mm-hmm. it hadn't been, um, you know, taken care of for a long time. So it was pretty stagnant. So getting that, mm-hmm. you know, back together um, was just a really, a really good step. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, so that's yeah. kind of the, the start of it. Yeah, and I, I totally agree. You know, I went from a, a business that had an um, obscene marketing budget, mm-hmm. and a, we used a firm and all of that. So it was kind of um, when I came to City Vineyard, I'm like, oh, we we need to do it because there is no budget. <laughs> so um, it really was just looking at it and saying, okay, what absolutely do we need to do now? Um, we needed our website mm-hmm. updated because it was not reflective and indicative of, of what the business was at that time. Mm-hmm. So um, and, love, brand. and brand and, and, and we, images. Mm-hmm. I think that's one thing you guys invested in that mm-hmm. if I could make everybody do everything, anything, it would be like get professional images of yes. lifestyle and mm-hmm. product mm-hmm. Um, for everything. Thing. Like whether it's your website or your anything, mm-hmm. um, but having those images, I think that was money well spent. I think mm-hmm. you guys did it really. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, well, no, we we that was something too. Then help that helps with social media. I mean, it just mm-hmm. there's so many different avenues where okay, we're gonna invest an X amount for a photo shoot, um, and but it it pays you back just tenfold mm-hmm. because you have those images and you use them on the website or on social or if we need to do anything print we have an archive um so i I, you know that was that was a big thing the website was big Uh, we also rebranded ourselves with a new design a new logo which needed to be done and we actually were able to get that done relatively um 
cost effectively as much as we could. But, um, you know, and then there's in-store stuff that you need too. So, you know, marketing, I feel like isn't just social media and website. It's your, you know, when the customer pulls up in the parking lot, they obviously, they see your exterior signage. Maybe you have window clings that are saying something to them. They walk through the front door. There's going to be in-store point of purchase things that they're seeing and absorbing. So again, just having cohesiveness and consistency from, the website to Facebook and Instagram to, you know, your window clings or anything in store point of purchase that you have. And so um, that was really great. And I learned so much at my previous job about that. And um, we didn't always bat a thousand and we don't always bat a thousand doing this. But um, that's really just that cohesiveness is really, really important to us. So Okay. And then um, email marketing, too. We have a pretty extensive um, email list going back, you know, 15 years. Yeah. <clears throat> um, and so going into a new um, a new format with that and being able to do a lot more things in-house mm-hmm. um, and be creative and kind of do things on the fly. It's like, oh, hey, do we need an email post about this? Let's put one together. Mm-hmm. And we can do that all on site. And um, that's been really helpful, too. So, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, good. So the combination of the, of it all, it sounds like. Mm-hmm. And I think that's pretty common, mm-hmm. especially especially even though like I don't envision you guys as being a small business, but you kind of are transitioning. We feel small. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, because honestly, like when you're talking about marketing, but that's a startup. Like even mm-hmm. though it's not small, it's mm-hmm. it's still, you, you aren't a startup by any stretch. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't it feel a little bit like that? Like you're having to be scrappy. You're having to kind of go, I know I need a marketing budget in order to make money. However, you know, it's going to have to come in-house, you mm-hmm. know. So you're still paying those people. Right. It's just that yeah. your in-house people are doing it mm-hmm. versus, you know, mm-hmm. um, hiring a marketing person mm-hmm. or so it, it no matter it, you still have put a priority on marketing even though it's you know but if, to me it feels startupy mm-hmm. um, because by the t- you know you kind of hit and I don't know when that happens but you hit a threshold where you're like okay you know and we talk about budget a lot mm-hmm. on the show too mm-hmm. like how do you budget for marketing mm-hmm. and, um, but it seems too like um, and, and tell me if I'm wrong but it feels like um, the whole rebrand and even having a new store. And all these new pro- was part of your marketing. Like, Absolutely, it's almost like mm-hmm. okay, well, you know, per- a lot of our marketing budget went into this new building. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. like see how pretty it is. <laughs> see what a good vibe you have. Yeah, <laughs> welcome to yeah. marketing. And honestly, yeah. that's legit. Like mm-hmm. that is a legitimate use of marketing dollars. Mm-hmm. And I think it it worked. You know, I think that that was Thank effective. You. So, so um, let's see here. So, and we talked about a lot of the online marketing. Um, Also, if you're watching us live, I'm going to go ahead and start watching for questions. So uh, Taylor, whenever you're ready, and and if anyone has any questions, please share them with us. So um, uh, we talked a little bit about online marketing already. Oh, do you guys... I'm so excited about this question. Um, So you guys are so, like, chill and cool, but do you... um, What do you think about, like, marketing yourselves as owners? We definitely, we chatted about this and we were, um, cause we were kind of, no, I mean, we just are, that's not really who we are. We want our business to be in the forefront. And, mm-hmm. and I think that, um, the people who do do that do it an amazing job. I know we talked about Tucker Velkamp with Top Sandwich. He <laughs> is phenomenal at that. Um, you know, we're, we want the business when, when you have multi-locations and what have you, it's it's kind of hard to be that face. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, that's just not something we've been interested in doing. Um, 
And, Personally. And, uh, you know, I'm used to being in the background, <laughs> like, hunched over a computer, right? Should, should know, we talk about like the fact so. that we wrote Ryan's bio here? Right. Yeah, exactly. As you guys were walking in, yeah. otherwise y'all would only know about Abby right now. Yeah, exactly. And I tried to get out of it. Yeah. I have this horrible head cold, but I, you know, I got I know. In fact, when I was reading the part about, like, oh, well, if it weren't for Ryan, the wheels would fall to us. I'm like, wow, Abby must have written this. Because I know Ryan's super, super modest. I did write that part. Yeah. <laughs> So, so I, I'm feeling, I'm getting the feeling that it's, you'd really, it, it, it's not a part of mm-hmm. the marketing strategy. Correct. Okay. Okay. That's fair enough. So. <laughs> and yeah. Okay. I'm just always fascinated by that. But, um, so let's see here. So what are your sources of customers? Because I, I feel like everybody knows about City Vineyard, mm-hmm. but you know, there's a couple people who don't know about mm-hmm. it. So mm-hmm. like, um, obviously people who have big mouths who talk about it a lot mm-hmm. are one way, but what are some other ways that you're getting out there and being found that you're, that people are just ways that people are discovering you? Well, I think word of mouth has been mm-hmm. big. Um, we've noticed that just, just from being in the new location and then being online, you know, social mm-hmm. media, there's a lot of shares, you know, we, we track, I mean, the data that you can get back from Facebook, Instagram, our email campaigns, awesome. you know, website. Um, mm-hmm. it's fun to see the growth there. Um, mm-hmm. Because that was, you know, we just weren't active before mm-hmm. um, at the old location. So it's, mm-hmm. it's um, I think there's been, yeah, just momentum that hasn't slowed down yet on that end. Good. And you mentioned the building as marketing. Yeah. And I think that, you know, we went from a small little great location, mm-hmm. to, but to this new big, beautiful, like, big building very expensive, but it's like, we're here. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, are we have great co-tenancy in that building with the city brew that was also new and um, new design. So we kind of have good shared customers. And, um, but I do think that the new building is, is, is a way of marketing too. Cause we have, we literally every day have a handful of people that come in like, well, I drove, I've been driving by and I just wanted to stop and see what you guys were about. So, um, that's really, really fun to see. I, I absolutely love that. So, um, you know, we um, very fortunate to have, to work with the developer that we worked with, and um, he he believed us and said, "Okay, let's do this." So um, I think the building too was a big part of it. Oh, good, good, awesome. Um, and let's see here. So, oh, and then our so you have an email campaign. Um, how what kind of a part does reaching out to like current customers or previous customers? What part does that play in your marketing strategy? It's a huge part. Um, customer retention is kind of how I feel about our on or the email campaigns, and you know we definitely target you know certain customers through certain campaigns through the email marketing. But um, definitely that customer retention I think is so important. And um, I spoke to I was speaking to some other new business people, and and they were you know asking what do I think it's, is important with you know, retaining customers. And I was like, you just got to talk to them mm-hmm. and you got to make them feel special. You got to do something for them that maybe you're not doing for other clients or customers. Mm-hmm. So um, I absolutely love the email platform that we have because, you know, maybe it's a snowpocalypse and it's negative 10 yeah. and you're like, oh my gosh, we need to do something to make people want to come in. Let's, you know, and, and that, that platform is just so great for that. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, good. Well, and I think, don't you think customer service is the best marketing? Like, I, I feel like that's number one mm-hmm. and then everything else. Totally. Because you can't do anything else mm-hmm. if the customer service portion and the products. Like, you guys mm-hmm. definitely have products too, but customer service, I feel, 
um, is the most important marketing piece because even like buildings or locations, I mean, those can all change. You, you know, you, I always say like it take you just have to spend more money mm-hmm. if your location isn't as good. Mm-hmm. Um, but if your location is good, again, that's kind mm-hmm. of moving your marketing budget to that. But customer service. Mm-hmm. Is really the biggest. Oh sure, yeah. You can have the best building in the world and the best location, but if you come in and the people aren't great, it's not gonna. Yeah, right. It's not gonna work. So yeah, that's that's the thing that we've invested in the most is the great people. Mm -hmm. So. So how like um, let me just double check we're doing good on here. Um, So how how do you um, approach like I know. Uh, we talked a little bit about staff before, and mm-hmm. since that is such a huge part of marketing, especially where you guys are at, I would I would think, um, how is it like hiring or um, is it training? Like, mm-hmm. how do you approach that? And if someone was, because I feel like I talk to business owners a lot, and this whole hiring thing, especially right now, I mean, I'm so happy that unemployment rates are low, but selfishly, mm-hmm. don't you? Like, we said <laughs> yeah. there were a couple more people we could hire. <laughs> I mean, yes. I really like as a human being, yes. I'm super happy mm-hmm. that people have jobs. But as mm-hmm. a business owner, I'm like, Ugh, like, yeah. what are we going to do? So like, what is your approach to that? Can you guys share a little bit about that? Yeah. I mean, you know, our, our jobs as owners is to recruit, hire, train and retain top tier talent. Hands down. Number one, you know, like, like I said before, we can't help every customer. We're not working. We can't work open to close every day. Um, so you have to have people who can do that for you. So, um, you know, when we were going into our new location, we knew we needed to recruit. Mm-hmm. So there was people that were out there in billings and we were like, you need to work for us because you are great. So part of it, that is recruiting. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, then you um, train. Training, we, I mean, constantly we have an ongoing training, whether it's, um, you know, education for us on the new wines and beers and um, is so important. So we actually have a budget, a training budget for new hires and then also continued training for current staff. So um, I think that that's really important. And then, you know, retention. What can we do? Um, we can't always pay them more, mm-hmm. but what other things can we do? Do they, maybe we can work with their schedule a little bit or maybe they want to own a special project that they can work on and really call call their own. Um, us coming to work with a smile and asking them how they're doing um, is part of retention too. I mean, what kind of environment are we creating at work to make those employees feel valued and feel like we're there for them too? Mm-hmm. So I think that there's multiple things that go into that, in my opinion. Right. Yeah. And no, and I think I think yeah. I mean Abby's the master at that. That's what she did at City Brew. Mm-hmm. Um so you know it's um I don't have to really try to help too much with that. She's um yeah, she's got that covered, but it's you know, developing talent too, you know, mm-hmm. coming in with um you know, some newer, greener type of employees mm-hmm. that now are, um, you mm-hmm. know, there's been a lot of advancement um, in mm-hmm. our team, so, mm-hmm. and pretty rapid. Mm-hmm. So that's also rewarding too when you're moving up and you can see that you're, you know, um, getting more and more responsibility. And, and then, you know, as we move into Bozeman, just the opportunity for growth is a big part mm-hmm. of retention. So, yeah, um, mm-hmm. yeah we've had no, no issues um, retaining great people. So, that's, um, so far, knock on wood. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Well, good. Okay, so now I want to, I'm. Uh, let's see, we're actually doing really good on time. So I'm going to um, ask another indulgent question about like, 
Um, okay, so when we met about your website, we mm-hmm. sat down, and I one of the things I, I feel like I was just like this the whole time. Like, oh, <laughs> talk to me more about wine and food and beer. Um, can you guys just talk a little bit about like one? I want you to talk more about beer and like mm-hmm. you, what you guys are doing with the beer, and then two, then I would like you to talk about because I know um, like listening to you talk about the cool wines that you bring in and stuff like that is. I'm not even a huge beer or wine person. Like I just like a good stout, and I like you know. Two kinds of wine. Watching you guys talk about, I'm like, oh, I want to try every beer there's ever been. So, can you just talk to us a little bit first about the beer? Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, you know, I just had a you know um, personal like for craft beer. I remember I actually didn't like beer in college because we could only buy you know the cheapest bad bushlight <laughs> type stuff. And I remember thinking, oh, who who wants to drink beer? But then. Having my first like micro brew um, in Missoula, it was kind of like a revelation. It's like, oh, beer can be good, you know. And um, so, getting into this business, our, we already had a small, you know, kind of beer segment at the old store, um, and we were one of the few places to have good um, imported, you know, Belgian, German, Italian kind of stuff, um, which you didn't see very often. So it was fun to be exposed to some of that new stuff and then have the opportunity to grow that side. It, it's just hand-in-hand hand with what's going on um, in the country. Craft beer is, mm-hmm. is just skyrocketing, um, and it's changing the whole model of you know those giant mm-hmm. um, corporate industries like Anheuser-Busch, mm-hmm. um, Miller Coors, and all Definitely of them. They're, they're having to buy. Mm-hmm. They're buying now craft breweries because right. their market share is you know, demanding it. So yeah. um, it's fun to be on the forefront of that. And then um, a gentleman that we recruited out of um, to run our bar and, and beer section, um, he, he's phenomenal. He came from Red Lodge Ales. Okay. So we were, you know, kind of pretty, you know, um, Batico, I guess, about beer. <laughs> and, you know, he had all the same, the same passion. I think Alex is about ready to apply. <laughs> right, exactly. So um, he's just done an amazing job. I and mean, we've heard, you know, he, he mm-hmm. sets up our, um, our beer section and our tap list in the bar. And we've heard from people across the state that there's no, mm-hmm. nothing like it in the state. Mm-hmm. So nice. um, it just continues to be uh, mm-hmm. pushing the envelope there. So, so what are your really two favorite beers right now? Oh, right now. That you guys That's have. That's hard. Um, I would say our... Um, oh, gosh. It's like picking it's, which one. Oh, favorite, favorite, favorite Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or first favorite for a baby. <laughs> <Okay>. yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, oh. Or what... Okay, oh, let me rephrase it then. What are two beers well, that you think are that people should probably try that they're that under... They try. That they're so, missing out on? I would say... Okay, the, so this IPA from Odell, uh, Rupture... I, went, I mean, it's mm-hmm. one of them. It's probably, if I had to pick an IPA right now, that's the one I would drink. Okay. Um, and a lot of people are standoffish about IPA. They think it's too bitter. They, you know, it's too floral. Um, this is the one I've told people, hey, try this beer, and you might change your mind. Like, mm-hmm. they, they just mm-hmm. have a great um, great balance to it. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, I don't like IPAs, and I love Rupture. Right. So I, yeah. that's one where... Kind of underrated. Totally. Yeah, totally. Exactly. I mean, now, you know, maybe everybody will buy you out. And then you're like, oh, <laughs> right. yeah. problem again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, that'd be probably number one right now. Mm-hmm. I think another one, um, you know, another just segment for beer that I knew nothing about. And then when we moved into the new store, Phil, our beer buyer, just gave it like, Front and center space was all the new sours that are mm-hmm. coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, I know some people are like, oh, they're terrible. But um, I don't know. I, I And I didn't like them at first either. And then there was the Monks. Is that mm-hmm. what it's called? And we had one on tap for a while. 
And it was the monks, I'm pretty sure. Right. And then you know way more about them. But th- that was one where literally after work I would have a sour beer because <laughs> it's just refreshing and very different. Mm-hmm. It's lighter, um, but as complex and as layered. And it's just, um, I don't know, I, I think that the sour program that Phil's put together, too, in addition, is just outstanding. Yeah, absolutely. Well, real quick, I'm going to ask this question, then we'll get back to wines, okay. too. And I have to say, too, like, I hated beer officially until I lived in Millings. And I don't know if it's just because it's a beer town, and but I don't know. I mean, and, and I mean, I've literally gone, you know, 47 years hating beer, and I guess I like it now. So <laughs> Carrie Fleming asked, hey there, it's Carrie with Damsel in Defense. First of all, love wine, so thank you for what you do. You might have covered this question. Okay. Um, earlier, you mentioned some costly mistakes while learning to grow the business. <laughs> what has been the biggest lesson that you've learned as you've rebranded and grown the business? Thank you so much, Carrie. That's a really good question. That's a great question. Um, I, I think one of the mistakes, you know, is for us, it's how much square feet per department did we allocate for the new store? So we had some projections based on what some departments did, like let's let's say accessories. Um, so we're like, okay, accessories is doing X amount of revenue in this location, but we're gonna we want it to do Y. And so let's kind of allocate square feet for that department. And, and um, you know, when you miss on things like that, it's like we could have put something that moves and turns. And and so I think, you know, like Ryan said, we just didn't have good, really good data to go back on because we were changing the concept. So I think, you know, and actually we're doing a floor reset this weekend. Oh, wow. Sunday night after close. Mm-hmm. Ryan is super excited. Um, but, uh, You're joking, right? <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, totally. Oh, my God, sounds Yeah, I kind of had to tell him he was doing it. I mean, it's exciting. Yeah. It sounds like, oh. Well, there's beer there. So. Yeah, okay. Yeah, he'll be okay. But, um, yeah, it was just not, and then I know Ryan might have a different perspective, but it was just allocating too much space for certain areas that then just become dead spaces and it's really expensive rent. So right. when you miss on giving a certain area too much space just because you don't know um, or there's too many feet from, you know, the cooler to the back of the counter, you know, so we have like an extra two feet in this one area because we just didn't catch it on the design. It was really costly because mm-hmm. we're not selling anything in that space that costs us a lot of money. Right. Well, and I think the takeaway on that is I think when we all sit down and do our budget, because you're talking really detailed, and I don't Mm -hmm. think a lot of business owners pay that close attention to those Mm -hmm. kind of details. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really valuable just to say when you're paying attention to that, think about when we just do our own personal budget Mm -hmm. and we're like, how do I spend that much money? You know? (laughs) And then you scale it and add a couple zeros. Mm -hmm. You know, when you're floor space costs as much as it do, mm-hmm. it does you have to pay attention to those because it's it's like doing a personal budget yes. and then adding a couple zeros so yeah. i think it's first of all really good i think it translates well to any industry is one it's pay attention to those details mm-hmm. and where is every single dollar going yep. um and then the other thing is um and because i i'm listening to you like i'm the opposite of retail like um, if we were to talk about two businesses that are completely different, like I, I'm like, oh, you guys are awesome, but I have no, like I don't know retail at all. Mm-hmm. But, um, but I will say that the way that it could translate into kind of what other businesses, mm-hmm. maybe service businesses or non-retail, is the fact that just like you know, if for example, I'm like, okay. I'm going to do online marketing in a community that people don't think people are on Twitter at all. And mm-hmm. and so then I'm having to figure out, like, what areas am I going to hire someone to mm-hmm. do? So, I mean, we all have areas where we're having to invest in guessing yep. and then really 
pinpointing like how much is being spent in this area versus this area. Mm -hmm. And then like what you guys have done where you're kind of reading the data and going, this is really where people are buying. This is what will turn over more quickly Mm -hmm. so that it's more profitable Mm -hmm. in the end. You, You know, you need to have all those areas and departments but Mm -hmm. to be able to as a business owner in any industry Mm -hmm. look at um it's really optimization i always say this i'm like everybody when i talk about search engine optimization Mm -hmm. people are like oh my gosh don't say that word (laughs) um but it's really the same everywhere it's like this is optimizing (laughs) it's always optimization is always about taking the resources that you have and how can you absolutely get the most out of it and so um, anyway, so I always say that it's optimization, just like search engine optimization. You take your website, you're like, how can I get the most out of it? So I think that that's really valuable. And that was a really good question. Thank you so much, mm-hmm. Carrie, because, um, you know, we all have to face those costly mistakes. And <laughs> Great question. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And some of it, I mean, I'm sure it is expensive to reorganize mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. well. So mm-hmm. even beyond just the time mm-hmm. and the already committed to having it there, it's the, okay, now... We have to, you know, for example, if you were to say, okay, well, we want our eating space larger. Right. That's major. Yeah. (laughs) Probably a little ways away, but, you know, Mm -hmm. when you're looking back at it. Mm -hmm. um, So fortunately, so these department moves Mm -hmm. are probably not as as expensive as other than the purchasing or what. Right. So we're just, you know, we're just resetting, resetting the floor and kind of. You know, so people, the flow, they walk through the areas we want them to walk through first. And and um, and then we're, you know, allocating more space to things we know are going to turn. Mm-hmm. And we're giving less space to the things that, you know, we've invested in and we believed in. And it's like, okay, part of that worked. We're going to keep what worked. And then what's not working, we're going to go ahead and, and say we, we've had enough time in our new location. We've been there almost eight months now. We've done the data, dug in. Okay, this stuff's going to go ahead and go. We'll stop spending time and resources on it and focus on the things that do. Okay, awesome. Okay, let me see. Okay, so I do want to... Okay, and honestly, as I started asking about beer, I'm like... We're kind of going all over the place, but we're not because at the end I always talk about food. So this is like right on point. So so we're gonna move back to that again. If you have any questions, feel free to ask. But we're just gonna talk more about wine now. So if you could share a little bit, give us your like. Can you just um? You know what I'm asking? Like Mm -hmm. basically, tell me what you told me when we sat down about Mm -hmm. your approach to that. Oh man, you know when I started two years ago, I drank wine. As a just, you know, normal consumer, but man, when you are in it, there's so much to learn and and it changes every day. And you touched on that earlier where, you know, trends change, um, vendors change, brands change, grow, develop, things like that. So um, I think the coolest thing about wine is it's so experiential, Mm. right? When you have uh, maybe, you know, like the our glass pour right now, the Vapiano Cabernet that we're pouring in the bar and we um, have available in the store, it is... Um, very indicative of Columbia Valley and it's dark and has grippy tannins and it's just like, I don't know, delicious and wonderful. Um, but then maybe we're like, oh, well, let's go to France. Let's have a really cool um, Southern Rhone Grenache Sarama Vedriblin. And it's completely different than the Vapiano. So um, you can almost taste like the rocky terroir and, um, you know, it smells very distinctively rony, um, fraunchy, I guess yeah. is a better a better phrase for it. But, um, you know, there's things like a Moscato that um, it's dessert wine. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, lots of people love it. Um, yeah. And then you just kind of it's like it's not a, necessarily about what I like or what Ryan likes. It's about listening to your con, your consumers like you. What do they like and how can I best help them find the best wine for them? 
So, like, so. if you're just a normal person mm-hmm. and you just like to have wine sometimes, yeah. Yeah. But you kind of know, I generally like this. And, so mm-hmm. how does someone go to City Vineyard? Like, what do they, yeah, like, how can they enjoy wine? Well, I think, you know, when they come in, uh, you know, I always ask, you know, are you looking for anything specific? And then, like, oh, no, blah, blah, blah. Well, what do you like? What food do you like? Mm-hmm. Is it? Are you going to be taking this wine to have with like a spicy Thai dish tonight? Because I may steer you in one direction where that wine goes best with spicy Thai food. Or are you going to have a big meaty steak and burgers? Um, so I just think that there's so many wines out there, but really it's about what that customer wants mm-hmm. and what they like. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, we, like Ryan said, we invest a lot in continued training for our staff. And so um, we really believe that we just want to listen and do lots of listening and, and try to help find the best wine for them for maybe it's that night. Cause you know, there's a wine that, you know, if it's just you and your husband with dinner, we might choose something a little bit more expensive. And maybe if it's a special, um, you know, uh, time we can do that. But if it's like, Hey, I'm having some girlfriends over, we're going to be having popcorn and watching, you know, reruns of sex in the city. I'm like, Oh girl, I got wine for you for that. So, you know, there's just, it's, it's about what you're doing and, and how you're going to be experiencing it. And, I know, it's so fun. It's just so versatile. I think it's nice because just a normal person can go in and you're so excited about it that, or, and even your staff, like mm-hmm. I've been there and, and every, it's it's the same experience. Mm-hmm. And so you don't have to, like all that stuff that you said before about Franchi and all that, like you don't have to know that. <laughs> no. You just go in and you know that the people who do <laughs> are the ones picking out your wine. Yeah. And so um, I think that that almost enhances because when you're saying it like I I take a wine home then it's like that's what I'm looking for Mm -hmm. you know what I mean so it's like it's in my head Mm -hmm. and that's what I'm going to be looking for so I feel like it almost enhances the enjoyment of it because I didn't know that that's you know the tannins and like I you know but yet when you're like oh you you know I think it's really nice to have a place Mm -hmm. that you can go to that um, you don't have to be the pro someone yeah. else is the pro <laughs> and we have great mm-hmm. variety of price points too um and that was one of the first things we tackled when we took over the business a couple of years ago was okay we have a ton of skews in this price point and they move fairly slowly but these lower tier price points are your volume movers but there's not a lot of variety there mm-hmm. so we really changed up the product mix so we have really a great breadth and depth in those value-driven wines that we believe in that we like as a team and you know just trying to stay on the forefront like to make sure we have good stuff and in, in all price points and variety um, because you don't have to spend a million dollars to get an awesome bottle of wine. Right. Like if you come in and you have a budget of 12 bucks, we'll take great care of you. Yeah. If you come in and have a budget of $9 or 900, you know, yeah. we, we have something for everyone. And, and that's why, you know, we take great pride in training our team to make sure that whatever the budget, whatever the, the event, we can pick the perfect wine for them. Nice. Yeah, and it's fun, you know, whenever people, same with beer, it's like, well, what's what's your favorite right now? Okay, well, we have that, or we also have, you know, if you want to branch out a little bit, here's, mm-hmm. yeah. here's something else to try. And so mm-hmm. it's fun to, you know, when people are open to expanding their horizons a little bit where it's like the IPA thing mm-hmm. or, you know, even French. Some people are like, oh, I don't think I like French wine. Like, well, here, you know, again, <laughs> the nice thing is you can try samples in our bar. You know, is it political like, or is it? <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. Like, how yeah. do you know like, that? Right, right. I know. Yeah. Like, yeah, try some. Yeah. Well, it's nice <laughs> yeah. to have the taste. You know, I think it, didn't you used to have a tasting room? Like it was a tasting room, but mm-hmm. now it's more of a wine bar. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really nice that you have that so that people can. Mm-hmm. So with the wine, same thing, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, how do you, what would be a couple wines that you would suggest that you feel like are kind of being missed out on right now? Oh, missed out on. You know, I really feel like. 
Gosh, we have an amazing, um, oh, it's it, it's a Rhone. It's it's a Rhone um, Grenache-based blend, and it's called uh, Pujolet, and it's fabulous. But again, if you're a little more like, I don't know how to pronounce that. I don't know where Rhone is. Um, some people might shy away from it, but um, it's a great price point. It's under $20 a bottle. It is awesome. So I think you know, what I love doing is like, if you like this other wine that may be a domestic, maybe it's a California blend, you're like, let me show you a really cool French blend that I think is going to blow your socks off. So um, definitely that one. Um, that's been a staff favorite right now. is super fun. But um, I think another one, I mean, gosh, I can't even. There's so many that I feel like. I just <laughs> wish these people would try this. We have an awesome um, Savion Blanc from France, too, right now that we're pouring by the glass in the bar. And, um, you know, before we brought it in, it was hard. That was a hard, you know, Sav Blanc from France. What? Sav Blanc comes from New Zealand or, you know, domestically. And, and this is just an awesome, super approachable, again, great price point. It's $13.95 in the store. I think it's only $8 a glass. Um, it's just great and fun. And it's so fun to give people just to step them out of their comfort zone, like you said, Ryan. Because um, you don't know until you try. Right. And so when you come to City Vineyard, we, we, we want to try new things together. Mm-hmm. And, and if you don't like it, that is not going to hurt my feelings. Right. <laughs> we want to make sure that we pick the right wine for you. Right. Okay. So last question <laughs> is a favorite. Okay. So I'm a huge foodie. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the reasons I am so in love with your tasting room now as you have, or not tasting room, but your wine bar. Um, so what is your favorite ingredient or dish? Um, you do, I'm, like, well, and I'm a foodie, so it yeah. is like asking me for a favorite right. child, but right at this moment in time, like, what are you like obsessed with? Oh, our new um, Christinis with the um, it's like bacon bits, basically. Oh, um, they're lardons, lardons the is the thing. yeah, and it's mm-hmm. it's um, it's hard as soon as they are you know being made, you can smell it throughout mm-hmm. the store, basically, yeah. and it's torture, and I um, have to stop myself, hold myself back because. <laughs> I'm a sucker for meats, and this is a really good, um, mm-hmm. a really good combination. So that's probably my advice right now. <laughs> How about you? Oh, foodie fact! I yeah. one of the things I feel like is a misconception is that um, on the wine side, you can only have champagne for special events. Um, and I, I have it in my fridge right now. Fabulous. Okay. <laughs> but I I'm absolutely saying, yeah. love having, um, whether it's champagne or Prosecco or like a domestic sparkling wine um, with food. I mean, I love, love, love it. I, I When I go out to dinner, I'm so disappointed sometimes when they don't have a good sparkling by the glass because that's usually what I'll have with my meal. Um, High five. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Why do we not eat out together more often? I know. I went to Stacked, and I am I really only like a chocolatey or coffee beer. Like, that's it. Mm-hmm. The end. And um, and they if, if it's not on tap, mm-hmm. I get champagne. So I'm right. Stacked having, yeah. like, you know, Stacked food, which is awesome. But yeah. then it's like, look, I'm like, it's Prosecco. Yeah. Fabulous. I like Prosecco with my double eggs. <laughs> yeah, that sounds amazing to me. <laughs> no, I'm so hungry now. But. Yeah. Well, awesome. Well, thank you so much again for coming. I know you guys are super busy. You have so much going on, but it's been so delightful to talk to you both. And Alex, thanks again for doing our sound. Um, thank you, Taylor. Alex. <laughs> and Taylor. <laughs> Taylor, thank you so much for feeding in the questions. Thanks for coming. Thanks for watching. Um, we are going to continue. If you are a member of, of Chat and Grow, or if you're not a member of Chat and Grow, you can go to chatandgrow.com. It's absolutely free. It's where we're going to put all the videos and all the audio. Right now, as we speak, we have 
a ton of the podcasts there. We're also on Stitcher uh, and we're on iTunes as well as Google Play. So you can find us everywhere. So um, please make sure to let us know uh, what's happening. If you're listening, uh, any more questions, we want you to be a part of this. So thank you again for coming and the best is yet to come. Thank you.